Welcome to Mission in 5, the podcast, where we ask five simple questions to pastors, ministry leaders, church members, and anyone else we can convince into coming on this podcast to learn more about who they are as people and where they see God moving in their community. This is episode eight, and I am your host, Greg Mamula. Today, I'm here in the offices, actually, with Reverend Jason Workman. And Jason is a mental health therapist uh, who specializes in addictions and trauma. He is also the chaplain for the Douglas County Sheriff's Department uh, here in the Omaha area, amongst many other things that you're involved in, including work in the local church and other ministries. So it's good to have you here. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Well, um, as most of our listeners know at this point, we ask five simple questions to key ministry leaders like yourself to kind of get some insight into what they're doing and how God is moving in their midst. And so uh, let's just dive right into those five questions. Is that all right? Sounds awesome. Look forward to it. All right. So question number one, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from and how'd you end up in Omaha? Well, uh, great question. Born and raised in Napa, California. Um, Came to Omaha, Nebraska and... uh, Oh my goodness! Eighteen years ago, so started uh, you know ministry and and what have you in California. Came here, served eight years in a church, and um, and so my family and I here. Uh, I have a wife. I have uh, four kids, four grandkids actually. So how did you come to Omaha in the first place? Eighteen years ago, what was the reason for that? Well, um, God God really put a call on my heart to come take a position with a church here in Omaha. And uh, served eight great years there. Um, I had been doing ministry since uh, 95 as a pastor in the ABC. And uh, when God began to move in our life um, in 99, we ended up really um, hearing God's call clearly to move and, and take the ministry here. Yeah. That's great. Well, we've enjoyed having you in the region. You've done a lot of really good things with our students and adult leaders alike. Uh, so let's go on to, to question number two then. How did you get here? You are an ordained pastor. You are a therapist. Uh, you are a chaplain. So how did all that stuff come about? Well, like I said a little earlier, um, I, I took a position with the church for about eight years, first uh, eight years of the 18 I've been here. And, um, you know, I had a pretty significant life event in my life where I stepped away uh, from the church um, and I ended up literally serving in social work within Omaha and mm. continuing my studies. I became ordained and um, about that same uh, time that I stepped out of the church, that is, I, I became a chaplain also. And uh, that's important to know because um, I was kind of tricked into becoming a chaplain, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a part of the plan. Okay. Um, but as I continued through my studies and became ordained and became a licensed mental health therapist, um, that what was really driving me was my experience as a chaplain, my experience as a pastor, but also entering into that social work and seeing mm-hmm. how um, our communities um, really could use um, some intentional, active people in ministry, even in secular workplaces. All right. Well, then let's go on to question number three. Um, what moves you? Do you have any hobbies, passions, interests, things you do when you're trying to relax from those three ministry jobs you've got already? <laughs> Well, uh, definitely fishing. Uh, okay. I, I love to fish. Um, What's the biggest fish you've caught? Oh, my goodness. Um, I want to say it was 26 and a half inches long. What, what was it? Steel. Or not steel. Um, 
Oh, striped bass. Nice. So, yeah, not not bad at all, fight. Catch that in Omaha or somewhere else? Oh, no, California. So <laughs> I, I'm yet to repeat it here in Omaha. It's a little bit of a challenge. Okay. I might need to switch over to catfishing. Okay. All right. So besides fishing, what are you into? You know, um, other than spoiling my grandkids so I can send them back home to their parents, <laughs> um, you know, not not much. Uh, we, we still have um, uh, two two of our kids in a home. Okay. And... Um, so my 20-year-old's in college, my 16-year-old's playing ball, so we spent a lot of time in the baseball diamond and, and supporting him and, and just being together. Um, you know, in terms of self-care for myself, it's also spending time in nature, mm-hmm. uh, going to camp, you know, uh, being with family, going to parks, doing things that, that are outside and active that isn't involved in crisis or just being yeah. indoors all the time. All right. That's great. So... You have a lot of ministries going on, yep. and I want to hear all about how they're working and all that good stuff. So so tell us about your ministry, and maybe just take them one at a time. Let's start with uh, the mental health therapist. What What's that about, and, and what do you do, and um, how do you see that as ministry? Okay. Um, my full-time job, the, the thing that pays for my house and, and food and all those things, is my, uh, is my counseling job. And um, I, I serve at Lutheran Family Services, which is a nonprofit organization that um, really serves a diverse population. Mm-hmm. So I deal a lot with major mental illness and addiction uh, combined, and, and those that have experienced trauma, such as those in human trafficking, sex trafficking. Um, and the love that I have for that is that the, not only is the population so diverse, uh, but more so. Um, I'm seeing a lot more of the lower socioeconomic um, portion of the population come in mm-hmm. and just being able to serve them in a way that um, if they introduce God into the conversation, I'm able to minister mm-hmm. even in a greater way. Sure. If they do not, um, I just have that sense that that is ministry still yeah. because it is uh, Christ living through us in those moments when we're mm-hmm. able to go into some of those people's darkest worlds and, and help them see some hope. Mm, that's really good. Um, w- within that, with that um, demographic that you're working with, it's you said there's just the people that are most at risk. Um, is it adults? Is it students? What would you say is the the most ex- at risk type of uh, population that you work with? Um, and that's a great question because a lot of people know me as the last thirty years of my life has been uh, highly focused on juveniles and their families. Mm-hmm. In the last six months, that has shifted just to an adult population, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, while I work with some youth with the church from time to time, it's primarily um, now adult population within my practice. And are these uh, people that you're doing uh, mental therapy with? Is it um, immigrants? Is it just anybody in Omaha? I mean, is it from the whole state? I mean, who's I mean, without breaking confidences, of course. Oh, sure, you know, what's sure. what's what's the who are we ministering to? Um, it, it's a wide variety. Um, I, I've had immigrants uh, or refugees, I should say, that have come over. Um, it is a lot of the minority population, as you know, for a lack of a better uh, way of putting it, because I look at all of us as really kind of a minority group. Sure. Um, and it's, it's from anywhere from north to south Omaha to west Omaha to east. Um, predominantly, it's, it's those that cannot financially afford um, treatment and you know, therapy sessions and even addictions treatment. It, it is a program that's really working closely with state behavioral funds to help pay for individuals that, 
that need that assistance to get the treatment they need. That's great. All right, so your day job is is uh, in the mental health professional. Um, your your side gig of sorts yeah. is uh, being a chaplain with the uh, Douglas County Sheriff's Department. Um, how did that come about, and then and what does that mean? Uh, well, I, I guess this will be a weird kind of shout out for Steve Bills, if, if uh, some of you know okay. him. He has um, been um, this is an exact here even in, uh, in, in Nebraska. And um, he, he came into my office one day, one day and said, hey, you want to go to lunch? And so I said, sure. And, and um, I should have taken a hint when he was wearing the uniform that this was a bad sign <laughs> um, because he's asked me to become a chaplain before. Okay. And so we, we go to lunch, but he goes, hey, on, on the way, I, I need to stop at this place real quick. And he sucked me into a chaplain meeting. <laughs> and so cornered and gullible, I just said, yes, I'll, I'll participate. That was 11 years ago. Okay. Uh, about a year into it, um, I went from Omaha Police Department's Chaplaincy Corps to um, Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how I got into it. Sure. But I fell in love with it because um, I was a first responder several years ago in California. Okay. And working with first responders and having that therapy piece and really wanting to focus on trauma, there's no better place than, than to serve there. Okay. So when you're um, on rotation, it's your turn to be the chaplain. Um, what are the sorts of things that you do? Do you, do you go to uh, police stations and minister there? Do you go to on-scene events and meet with the, the first responders and the victims? I mean, how, what exactly is involved in chaplaincy? Um, yeah, it's a great question because not a lot of people know what it is, and it is basically all the above. But primarily our focus is to serve officers and their families. Okay. And um, when, we, when we're in the office and, and we're in a precinct, you know, we may meet with them during roll call. Um, I've gotten calls from officers to say, hey, can you meet me? Um, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with something. So I'll, I'll meet them at a remote location where they, they're patrolling and, and sit in vehicles and just chat with them, spend time, you know, talking with them where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm called out into the community, oftentimes it's to deal with community individuals that are going through a major tragedy in their lives. Whether that be a search and rescue that's turned to um, a recovery effort mm-hmm. or... Um, an officer says, I, I have to go do a death notification. I need a chaplain mm-hmm. uh, to come with me. Um, it is those moments I see us serving the officers by being the caring individuals to help those that are grieving or going through a crisis. Because officers have to maintain um, their ability to be in control of what's going on and, and, and be the officer they need to be at that moment. Chaplains really have a particular uh, ministry to minister to not only the officers through helping them through those situations with the public but also to serve the public in a very unique way mm-hmm. because chaplains I, I firmly believe chaplains have one of the most um, holy callings if you will mm-hmm. um, if you go uh, to a house with an officer and you uh, you deliver a death notification you have now just entered into somebody's darkest world sure. uh, the, the rug has pulled, been pulled out from underneath them and you are there to help them take their very first step in the healing process. Yeah. That's a powerful ministry, that that ministry of presence like that. Yep. So these are pretty high-stress things, Um, you know, the the therapy and the chaplaincy work. Uh, You mentioned a little bit about how you you refuel by being in nature, but, um, you know, for pastors that are under a lot of stress and and are doing a lot of um, 
work and, and it's starting to get to them, what would you recommend as a way to kind of refuel and, and, and stay both spiritually and mentally healthy dealing with these stressful things? You know, um, I, I think what I would express to pastors and that is that your self-care is, is paramount. Um, one, it's relationships. Mm-hmm. Maintaining those relationships with your family, with your friends. It is so easy to get so wrapped up in, in the ministry that um, relationships begin to take the back seat. Mm-hmm. Um, you meet with friends less. You don't meet with extended family. You begin to sacrifice your family's time for for ministry. And it's really paramount that that you have those relationships remain intact and, and you feed them as much as possible. Mm-hmm. The second is, is that um, you find time to relax for yourself mm-hmm. because that helps you change the perspective of what's important. Sure. And then third is to be able to have some trusted friends that you're able to share the story with. Mm-hmm. Um, not people to fix you or correct you, but people who are just going to listen to you and be supportive for you. Yeah. That's great. And you've created this network for yourself as well. Yes, I have. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, seeing you from a distance, I can always tell you're, you know, you're, you seem to be on top of things and um, always still smiling and having a good day. So uh, I know that with all that stress, you're clearly doing the self-care yourself. And so you're a model for us as well. And well, that hopefully. way, so I appreciate that. that. Um, so, so you're you're ordained and and you're doing the chaplaincy and and the uh, mental health professional, uh, but you're also a churchman. You're you're heavily involved in in your congregation, Sunset Hills Baptist Church. Um, do you do you want to share anything about that? You know, um, ever since I left the church in, in 07, I've I've maintained pulpit supply as past or as uh, churches need it. But with Sunset Hills, I became a member mm-hmm. after I left uh, full time ministry. And over the years, I've just uh, developed a, a real desire to continue to serve as a pastor. And so uh, with Paul Marine uh, being a pastor there, mm-hmm. um, I just assist him in any way that I possibly can and just continue to uh, to love on the congregation as if they were um, my own personal congregation. However, I'm not called to be their pastor. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm in a very much a supportive role. Mm-hmm. And um, while there's some pastoral duties that come with that, um, by choice, um, I also feel that it's really important as a member of the church to be leading by example that we are to be hands-on. Mm. It's not about what you place in the offering plate. Sure. It's about what you do in your life and how you live it. Yeah, so um, a lot of lay leaders involved in our congregations, are um, they have full-time jobs just like you, and, and they've got other things going on. Um, what would you say that helps you stay connected to the local church and and to keep going and keep participating and keep engaging um, when it's just so much easier to maybe miss a service here and there or or not go to that board meeting or uh, not participate in that outreach ministry because you're just, you know, life is getting in the way. Um, how, how do you continue to stay engaged even though you have a very full life? You know, I, I think it's um, ensuring that basically stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you have a ministry, stay in that lane mm-hmm. and do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, so often, um, I, I think leaderships get spread out yeah. and they all start taking different ministries and they start multiplying ministries. And then pretty soon they're five, ten lanes across and they're so spread out they, they can't focus on one, one or two things that God has blessed them to mm-hmm. be able to do within the church. Sure. And so it becomes very exhausting. And then they, they sense this huge, overwhelming um, sense of demand from them. Mm. And so then they just don't want to serve anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it's so paramount to work on self-care 
but also to remember that, you know what, do what you've been committed to, yeah. do it well, and be okay with it. And if somebody else is out of their lane, don't worry about them, mm-hmm. worry about what God has asked you to do. So I hear a couple of things that you're telling for, for the really involved lay leader or maybe somebody that's feeling a little stressed out is one is self-care is important for even lay people. Absolutely. Um, so really for anybody, self-care mm-hmm. is good, no matter your role in life. Absolutely. Um, and then it's okay to say no to things that's not in your lane. Right, exactly. You're called to certain kinds of ministry within the church. You're not called to every single ministry in the church, but you're called to something, and it's good to participate in that. Yeah, you put it real well for some of that. That is perfect. All right. So. Very, very good. Well, let's do question number five, which actually might be question number 20 at this point. Right. <laughs> I asked you quite a few this time. Um, just really interested in your ministry. But um, So what's next? You know, What's next for you? Maybe there's a... Um, something you're writing or maybe there's something um, you're going to do with your family. I don't know. Just what's, what's next for you? You know, what's next for, um, you know, my personal life is, is to just continue to foster that family and raise kids and help them raise their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of ministry, one thing that I'm really passionate about that's developed out of my uh, counseling and, and uh, chaplaincy work is um, we have a new organization called POST. It's Police Officer Support Team. The team of clinicians that work with law enforcement, and um, it's all they, they do it for free, and we come together as an as an organized group, and we focus on proactive, reactive, and postactive trauma care mm. for first responders. Okay, and we're we're focusing on what's called Stronger Together. It's a workshop that we put together for married couples, partners, spouses, uh, or. Um, I guess relatives, if you will, and their family, where you can bring somebody, that first responder can bring someone with them. And they spend four hours focusing on how to turn inward and find strength turning inward because so many times in our lives, um, even as just normal people, but more so as first responders, um, when we experience crisis of trauma, we turn away. Mm-hmm. And we turn away from those that um, we can find the most support with. And so that, that's been exciting because we, we launched our first one okay. and it's been an awesome success. Cool. Um, as a, you know, a chaplain just continuing that work. Um, as a therapist, I, I really am uh, sensing a challenge. Now that I've been out of school, I've been licensed, I'm doing it. I, I want to glean, continue to glean more information and learn uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more about what's coming on uh, the frontier, if you will, of mental health because there's so many things that have been studied, researched, and developed. So I want to continue to to feed myself and learning more about that. All right. Well, that's great. Well, it's been good talking with you. I've enjoyed uh, hearing the stories and uh, all the many callings are in your life. Yeah. Um, but let's just, um, for a second, let's, let's think that some of our listeners are, are going to uh, know somebody that might need crisis, traumatic um, counseling, that sort of thing, or they know some first responders that might need a, a chaplain to come alongside them or something like that. So um, how could they reach you to, to learn more about these things and um, maybe maybe know next steps of, of how to seek treatment or to um, seek a, a chaplain of some sort? You know, um, great question. They can send me an email at jwork@cox.net. So J-W-O-R-K at cox.net. Um, you can also certainly contact the church, uh, leave a message for me, and I'll get back to you. It's uh, 
2-0, I believe. So uh, if, if that's an error and he, did, he got the wrong number, call Greg. And, that's all and, right. Uh, you'll, get in, you'll get me uh, in touch with him. Yeah, we'll put all the notes in the show notes. There you go. All right. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate your time today. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate the all honor right. of being here. Yeah, no problem. It was good. Thank you for listening to Mission in 5, the podcast. Keep tuning in as we introduce you to the many ministry leaders, pastors, and church leaders impacting the churches of Nebraska and the larger American Baptist community. Check out the show notes for links to Reverend Jason Workman's email, the Douglas County Sheriff's Department, Lutheran Family Services, and Sunset Hills Baptist Church. Subscribe to the podcast at Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. While there, be sure to rate and review us so we know how you're enjoying the podcast and send us ideas and suggestions on the type of people you'd like us to interview for future episodes. As always, feel free to support us by giving through the PayPal app at www.abcnebraska.com. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.